Welcome to Hidden Voices with Emma and Francisca. Hello, this is a podcast where we are making this platform available to our own personal voices and those of our future guests to talk about a subject we both feel very passionate about, diversity, equality and inclusion. My name is Emma Lewis and I have had a very successful career in the pharmaceutical research industry. But for the past three or three and a half years or so, I have worked with Francisca on global diversity and inclusion initiatives. I'm Francisca Veloso, DNI Director and Founder of Global Inclusion Studio. I am an MBA and Fellow CIPD, Qualified Global HR Professional, with more than 20 years human resources and diversity, equality and inclusion expertise. Okay, welcome uh, to everyone to our next episode of Voices. Uh, and we are really, really happy to have with us today, uh, actually is our friend, if I had to say, Alessandro Sola uh, from Italy in Milano. Um, um, we have invited Alessandro because we have time together. We have met um, about a couple of years ago at work, the three of us, and we all were passionate uh, about diversity and inclusion, especially the amazing work that Alessandro uh, and the organizations he worked for uh, is in the space of disability. Uh, more to say to make disabled people well integrated rather than just you know, focus on the disability more and what is the ability that they could have. And, and for that, Alessandro will tell us more. Um, very briefly, Alessandro, Emma and I, as I mentioned, we work together in our previous organization. And in fact, Alessandro uh, came to work with us as a result of the efforts and a special initiative that we did to recruit um, uh, uh, employees, uh, uh, you know, increasing the diversity uh, of, of our recruitment efforts. Uh, and that's why, you know, we were very lucky and to have Alessandro on board. And as a result of that, we did work in a lot of more things and activities within DNI. So because this is about you and the work that you and your colleagues do, Alessandro, um, I just would like to start, I think it would be important for the audience to know about you, you know, as a, as a person, um, you know, what happened to you, um, where you are, where you are at the moment. So I think, you know, just speaking from the heart uh, about yourself to start with, that would be really, you know, powerful for the audience today. Thank you so much, uh, Francisca and Emma, for the invitation. It is something of amazing being here with you and talking about uh, my story, basically. And I was born in 1987 in Turin, Italy, in the northern part of Italy. And I was like many other ch children, so uh, an easy person. I love soccer, I love sports. I was married and I had the work, I had the job. So uh, we can say a normal life, it's really exists this world. Uh, basically, many, like many others, Italian, for example. And but you know the the castle of cards that everybody of us is going to create in their lives, uh, in one second can change everything, and it what happens to me. So in one second my my castle of cards crash, uh, like me in in a motorbike accident, in two thousand fifteen, 
where uh, I lost my my wife and my left my left leg was uh, injured and after one one month I I lost my leg too so uh, I see just darkness in front of me uh, it was the, the the worst period of my life and I remember uh, clearly that uh, it was difficult but I am I, I don't want to change everything I was a solar and positive uh, person and I would like to continue to be a person like that and so I tried to uh, to rise up to to understand that I would like my life back again so I tried to 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 wake up like in a dream and I said okay I would like to to go forward this is my uh, my object my target and step by step how long did it take you to get to that point, Alessandro? Because, you know, I'm just thinking that most people in their lives look for that soulmate, that partner, and you found someone quite early on in your life who you wanted to marry and build a life with and were looking forward to that life. And then it was taken away from you in such a such a devastating way. How long did it take you to, to, to readjust and say, actually, I'm, I'm going to be positive and I want to continue with my life in a really I think positive all, way? All the people are needs different times. There is not a time standard for everybody. Uh, but in my case was uh, something more than one month. Uh, that every day I, I continue to, to cry and have a really down period in the hospital. Uh, till I have uh, seen my my father come to the to the bed to my bed in the hospital and he said how are you and I see the team was quite crying we can say and this for me uh, think that my, my father in, in my case it's like a, a miller stone it's like a, a rock for the family you know and it was my point of reference and see him like that in a uh, in a difficult position because it, it is quite crying uh, I said okay something must change I, I cannot continue like that I cannot cry every day I want my life back again and I asked I remember that I asked my father uh, to take a pencil and so he got to to my bed and he said Alessandro why you need a pencil <laughs> and I say don't worry daddy got to take a pencil I need a pencil okay he come and after that I uh, I start to draw um, a smile on my left leg and he start to, to smile again and it was a simple stuff it, it was a, a simple way to to explain to my father that I want to react this is the point I want to react I want to smile again Wow. And this is the beginning of the story, in the, in, honestly, because I start my second life in that moment. Yeah. Would you say that the support of your family, and, you know, the close to you was fundamental to that moment, as you say, that you wake up yeah. and say, I had to change my life? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was like that. I, I am here and I am happy again. Also, uh, thanks to my to my family, because my family was always close to me and every time I need something they was there they were there and it is something special my uh, 
my idea of family is something strong and and I need a lot of stuff in that period because it was a difficult period and they were there. So from an emotional point of view and and also a physical point of view, how were you initially in a wheelchair, Alessandro? How long did it take you to be in a position where you were able to have a prosthesis and start walking again? Uh, it takes a lot compared to many other people because normally when you have an, an, an injury you can uh, wear a, a prosthetic leg after three, four, five months and I need more than six months to, to wear a prosthetic limb again and because my uh, my clinical situation was quite hard at the beginning. I start to use a wheelchair and I move myself between the, the wheelchair and the, and the sofa and the coach. I, I remember that I was really, uh, really, really weak at the beginning. And, but I, I would like to, uh, to show to all the people that I won't react. And I try to, to do gym also in my house or to my home. I start to, to do gym in order to become again strong. And it help. this help, this kind of stuff helps a lot. And I can, I can remember that when I learned to, to walk again, uh, I, I was ready, physically and mentally ready to walk again because you need it That's right. for walking a good way. Yeah. And I remember my physiotherapist, it calls, she calls Ma Maria Grazia, it, it was like an angel. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy because I, I every day um, stress her because I would like to walk better and better and better. And I remember uh, that, that she smiled many times and she said, I'm sure that you uh, will uh, we walk in a good way. And I think wow. now now it is like that. I mean, I think it's amazing. I have told you so many times, especially because I think we haven't even mentioned that you are even, a, you know, an Olympic, <laughs> you know, um, a sportman. So that's something that we need to mention as well, because I think that's something that I, I, I'm quite rightly, you are particularly proud of, you know, for the achievement to get there uh, and we all follow you <laughs> very closely on telly and, and I'm equally proud. <laughs> so, um, you know, to go from a point where you thought that your life was over and and then learned to, to work, to actually even being uh, uh, an Olympic sportman, I, I, I think that's amazing, Alessandro. <laughs> yeah, yes, honestly, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is amazing, <laughs> but it is amazing also feel the, uh, the, your, attention to my my position in that uh, in that uh, competition because uh, I remember that I was in the other part of the world alone uh, because yeah be an athlete in the Paralympics it, it is amazing but when you are there you are alone you have to be concentrated and you probably sometimes are scared and I remember your emails was something that helped me a lot oh Oh, I'm glad to, to do that because, you yes, know, you see is. from this part of the world and it's, you know, you don't see what you say, you know, because it's the glamour of being an Olympics, but not actually the hard work that goes behind that and, the, you know, that you can be lonely and, and be in a scare as well, I guess. <laughs> yep. When I start my path 
to, to come to the Olympics. I remember that uh, sometimes I, w I was scared, sometimes I think it's impossible. I don't have the time <laughs> to prepare for that kind of achievement and how can I do? And I remember my teams, the teams is an important word of my life because without teams, of course. Uh, you cannot do nothing, in my opinion. You need the team. And you can try to uh, get in better every day, but the teams can help you. Uh, and I remember that my teams say, uh, don't worry, Alessandro, you, you can do it. You understand that you can do it every day. They continue to push me <laughs> uh, higher and higher. And, and now I can thanks them all because I, I, I think that they, their part in my stage was uh, enormous. I was just, you know, as well as being really driven physically and obviously the huge amount of training that had to go into learning to walk, then learning to run and become an Olympian, you're also really driven in other areas of your life. And I know Francisco was talking about how proud everybody was of you going to the Olympics, but also what has blown me away about you is your drive to create the foundation of bionic people to, uh, and the cause that goes behind that. So do you want to tell our listeners more about how bionic people came about and what it represents and what you're trying to do with that? I understand when, uh, when I come back uh, from my hospital where I learned to walk again, to uh, give my life back, I come back to my home and I understand and think about what I saw, what I've seen in my hospital. And I've seen a lot of people sad, scared, worried about the future, about their uh, lives. And they were alone and it is not correct. Uh, I think that I could do something. I thought that I could do something for them, uh, for me and for all the people around me. Because uh, founding uh, Bionic people, it is something that can help me, the people around me without disability and all the people with disability. And I said, okay, we need to create a group. We need to create a brand. We need to create a logo where the people can recognize themselves and try to get back their life again. And so uh, Bionic people was, was born like this. Yeah. And how long has been Bionic people um, operating since when it was created? Bionic people Alexander? was born in 2019 after many uh -huh. months of discussion about groups. How can we do what we must do, what we mustn't do, because we, yeah. we need a line. I was the president. I exactly. feel the, the, the pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I would like to give a line to the association and I want that all the people involved in the association thinks with, with the same mind, with the same positive attitude and with the same needs to help people. Yeah, and, and it's mainly at the moment Italy, in Italy, no, Alessandro, I know we and I, we have some discussions on having some ambitions to go beyond that, but fundamentally yeah. is Italy and hopefully this podcast helps to give as well a little bit of a visibility to that. How many members are at the moment belonging? Is that by membership or just basically they just join the group? How does it work? Yeah, it's like a membership card, we can mm -hmm. say in Italy. 
where you can be involved in a project like an association, a non-profit association like we are. And so after, after now, after these months, we, get, we are 42 in 16 regions in Italy. And wow. I think in the future we will grow up in UK you know yes <laughs> and also <laughs> that's and the also plan in Spain. oh wow yeah. amazing yeah. and switzerland too because i met uh, an amazing guy that uh, that would like to help people uh, to get back their lives again like what it is what we want to do now the same the same mind we can say and it is uh, from zurich and i, I hope in the future that he will uh, will create something close to bionic people and yeah let let bionic yeah. people growing up uh, also in switzerland and uh, of course in france and yes. talking about france we need to talk about padel and that yes, will explain you <laughs> exactly that's coming in a minute but before we, we talk about paddle and we still have a time for that one in terms of bionic people as well as paddle which is a, a key project which one have been the projects that you have been more proud of that because i understand as well from i know from my conversations with you that you do quite a lot of work on education going to schools or educational places yep. and organizations which is important it's part of what you want to achieve so um tell us a little bit about that anything in particular that you felt that it have an impact on, the, on what you did we have a lot of different uh, department we can say in bionic people we would like to create projects in uh, uh, give awareness in the school this is a big a big part of the mission of bionic people and we we used to go from the elementary school to university uh, we have visited a lot of university in italy and not, not only in italy also in uh, in switzerland for example in lugano and the in the future we would like to continue this kind of projects because i think it's important in order to change the view about disability uh, it's important starting from the young people from the students because they are the future and we, we will continue uh, this first important project. Another important project is give awareness to the business because in the business, uh, as, as you all know, uh, they need to understand that the diversity and the inclusion are values, are not um, um, a disability for the business. It's a positive stuff. It is something that can help. Uh, it's something that we need in the in, okay. in the business. Exactly. And we had a lot of uh, a lot of events in the business. For example, in uh, in Adidas, in Bottega Veneta, in uh, Iveco, in a lot of uh, Italian, but not only Italian. For example, in Lego, we had uh, a speech in Lego too. And so I, uh, it's fantastic to understand that a lot of people uh, in the business, a lot of managers, a lot of directors understand the importance of the DNI. And this is the second important project. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you, and I know him as well as well, that actually investing in the future in education, and I feel believing of that, um, 
that's a good place to start because then that's when you have the opportunity to change behavior and perspective and they will be as well those kids agents as well of change for the future so you're totally right um especially with the young people are there any specific barriers or that you have encountered because even if the work that you have done has been very positive because as well you, you got your positive energy there that you have from the point of your you know what happened to you is there anything in particular that you felt has been a challenge or a barrier and actually we all companies especially as we are uh, on the business environment we should be changing looking into change sometimes uh, some business can say oh we don't have the budget oh we mm. cannot do we cannot afford this kind of uh, project right now because we have other kind of um, priority and so on but my point is how strong could be for the team uh, for getting more results in a commercial way in a marketing way and so on try to speak with people that have a lot of many difficulties more than achieve a, a result uh, a selling object or something like that uh, mm -hmm. you can speak with people that need to walk again like a children at 30 years at 40 years at 60 years and how can be simpler understand that the results that you need to to perform that you need to to give compared to what some of us uh, have done in their lives and a lot of business understand the powerful message that can be shared with the team but uh, from a business point of view alessandro do you, have you found your experiences of employment different since you became an amputee have you found it more difficult to get work? Have you, um, or have you found it quite easy? What's your experience been? Um, and the other question I have is, um, do you consider yourself disabled? Uh, at the beginning, I, I would like to answer first the second question <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's particular. It's, it's a correct question because uh, at the beginning, no, I don't feel me like a disabled. I want to show to the people that I'm powerful, that I can do everything, that it's not uh, a problem. I can show you, uh, now you will see. And now after some years that this reaction effect, it's quite easy now, <laughs> okay? Uh, <laughs> I understand that I don't need to show people that I can do everything always because That's nobody true. can do everything always. Sometimes I can <laughs> raise up my hand and say, okay, I need help. I cannot walk seven, 10 kilometers per day because I will be tired, yeah. probably like everybody, but probably more. And yeah. if I want to do it, I can do it. But it, it is not uh, like a... Um, um, we can say it is not necessary. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you can be uh, you can be easy in uh, in asking help, and it's not a problem. It is yeah. good. It is correct, in my opinion. That's a really hard thing for a lot of people to do, isn't it? Yes, it to is. To ask for help, I think I think that's a really important point you're making there. Yes, it is. But 
Yeah, can you can you do again the, the first question? Yeah, have you, your employment situation, so have you found it more difficult to ah, okay. find a job or to work since you've become an amputee? Have you, has that been different for you? Uh, I can tell you something strange probably, but in Italy we have a lot of laws that uh, help the people to get involved in the job, that help the business to involve people with disability in the jobs. And in Italy, it's quite easier probably than in other places. And I think no, I think quite easy because in three days I can change job. And in Italy, it's quite difficult to change jobs actually because um, it, the economy and so on, it's not always the top. And so I think disability can help a bit in this way in Italy, but I, I'm sure that in, not in all the mm -hmm. Europe or in all the world it's the same. I and I want to now talk about your paddle tour because I know that's your um, key project at the moment. So could you tell us what, like I've never come across paddle before. I know it's played in many countries, but can you tell us what paddle is yes. and, and about your paddle tour? Okay, yes, I can, uh, I can explain you why, why paddle? Between yeah, 20,000 sports, why paddle? This is a nice question, why paddle? Because I think it's easy. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's challenging. And the first time I tried paddle in, uh, was December of the last year. Uh, I remember that the first time they play, I said, you know, like switch on something. I said, okay, it's easy. It's funny. It is the future for the sports of disab dis disability in the sports. And it's the future of the Paralympics in some way. We need to growing up this kind of sport because it is famous in all the Latin America's uh, countries like Spain, the most famous sport after soccer. And in Italy now, it's like an explosion. It's everywhere. They create um, courts in, uh, in, in every city, a lot of courts, and it's always full, book full every time. You need a, a court, you, ha you have to book the, the week later. Uh, the week <laughs> later, yes, it's crazy. And in Argentina and so on. But in all, not in all the world. I would like to let them know to all the people that with paddle you can play with your friends. Tell me another sport that you can do the same. You don't have a lot of sports that you can do exactly the same. Adding just a, one rebound, it's the one load that change. And you can play with everybody. With a double rebound, you can play with your friends, with your family, uh, with the, a competition. You can do everything. Also, if you have a disability. So this is the point. This is why we involve, we invest a lot of time, energy and money in this kind of activity. So you and I could play paddle together on a team and we would be able to compete equally. Yes, we can. Yes, obviously. And I have won with, with people with two legs <laughs> a lot of time because they think, oh, it's disabled. No, with a disability in Pada, you can mm -hmm. play very, very well. And it is something that 
not in all the sports it's the same I mean a lot of sports you you need a wheelchair obviously and you cannot do without um, like tennis in tennis yeah. you have Over to pay. because the the courts is bigger this is the, the point so how many people how many people are on a team two two people on a team two always two two on a team against yeah. two and it's a, it's on a court um, and you have paddles and a, a, like a tennis yes, it's ball. the same quite the same and how many do you what do you call it do you call it rounds how many um, uh, you you can you imagine like a tennis match the same okay. the same te uh, points method this the same uh, two on three sets uh, quite the same of tennis but in a smaller courts that is uh -huh, okay. easy for us because we can easily uh, move inside the area and it is not uh, too much for us it is something that we can do it and this is why I invest all this kind of time and all this energy because a lot of energy exactly. in order to improve myself and teach to other people. And where is your tour going? Okay, we, we are going to realize a tour in Italy. Um, yeah. It is started yet in some months ago. Uh, we had two stops, one in Pesaro, center Italy, one in Turin, my city. Uh, we will have another one in Milan Sunday, this Sunday, and we will have another stop in Caserta that is close and so to Naples in the 24th of September. And finally, we will have another stop, the final, probably the final one in Rome, the 12th of November. And thanks to people that moves in all the Italy in order to play with people with disability, it tell telling this kind of stuff it sounds good sounds magic people that moves in all the italy uh, around in order to play against each other every team composed by people with disability and one one pe one person with disability and one without but it's crazy when you can see a, a stuff like that it's unbelievable very unique and they play really hard so you can you can see people with disability that smash so strong and without problem they can do it and they are so happy to do it and see a match like that it's crazy because they say okay they are they, they've got a prosthetic leg they move they jump everywhere they have fun this is good which is the important thing as well is about having farmers at the same time that you are sending such a powerful message. Um, as we are coming to the end of, of, of our session, I think it's important that you talk to us about your big event in Monaco, which is related to yeah. <laughs> what we have been talking here. So I think it would be a great opportunity for you to, to tell us about that event and what support you may need. So we make sure that we give it, you know, as much noise <laughs> as we can possibly afford to make sure that, you know, see, you know, that to make it, I'm sure it will be a success, but to contribute even more to a bigger success. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is uh, the, the special event of the year. And I think it's something of really, really interesting because of the location, it's crazy. Uh, playing Monte Carlo, it's something magic. I, I remember the first time I played there, I say, okay, it's amazing. You are in a location really, really 
crazy. And so, first of all, the location is very, very good. Uh, also geogra geographically, because it's between uh, Italy and France, and we have people, it's international because it's composed by people with disability from France, from Italy, and obviously we need visibility in order to do, create an event like that. And we, we invite a lot of, um, of ex-football players, particularly because they have a lot of people, a lot of followers on Instagram or on the social, and they can move the, the eyes of the people in an event like that. And this is so important. It is so important also, first of all, for mm, let them know to the people that it's possible, that we can do it, and that could be funny. And so this is the first stuff. The second stuff it's for the sponsor because uh, a business uh, and I am uh, and I am sure that a business that was would like to invest in an event like that needs the visibility back because uh, nobody doing uh, something for nothing now and I'm sure that the, the business can do uh, something with a with a good reason because with a lot of ex-football player, with a lot of people with disability, it is something that can that the media can appreciate, that can help. Um, and so I'm sure that will be a success. I am really positive about this event. And we will invite all the ministry and so on, and all the, the people that can appreciate uh, an event like that in Monaco will be invited. And so we can invite other sponsors, other business that would like to, to join us in this kind of path because it is something major. I think so. It's a great opportunity. And, and it can, can anyone come and watch it, Alessandro? Can, somebody, can anybody buy tickets? Or how, do, how, do, how does our listeners, if they're in the, the region, come and, come and watch you play? Uh, the date in October. Um, normally it is not full of people in, uh, in that period uh, Monaco and this is why we, we choose the, this kind of we choose this kind of date in order because it's the first and we want to uh, like also test this kind of event and it's free access so everybody can come and play play no because we are we have the couples of the tournaments but they can see that can participate in, that can speak with the people and understand what are the stories and how difficult it was for them being here in that kind of event. Sounds great. Um, and I know before we, we ask you about um, where we can find you on social media, etc., I wanted to ask you our sort of signature question, which is if you could be seen, if you could be really seen and heard you know if you could be really visible to people what would you want them to hear and know about yourself and your um i, I say disability but um your your abilities as an amputee what would you want people to know about you uh, i would like to to share a message for sure if i have the, the visibility i need uh, I would like to share a, a message, and the message is that there is always more life to live. That is also the payoff of uh, bionic people. Uh, the, cons the main concept behind what mm, our intention, our uh, target, our goals. Uh, 
uh, try to show to the people that there is always more life to live. Oh, that's a really great message to take away, definitely. So where can our listeners find you on social media? Where can they find out more about Bionic People, um, about you and your, your other projects that you work on, the Paddle Tour? Yeah, there is a website, uh, uh, my website, uh, alessandroossola.com or bionicpeople.it or inclusivepaddletour.com. So uh, on the website for sure and on Instagram, it's more easy because you can, uh, you can find a lot of other uh, pictures, video and everything can, uh, could be useful. Alessandro underscore Ossola on Instagram, you can find it. We will put all this in the notes of the podcast in our website as well. So as well as being this, but we will make sure that that's in, in our website as well, as well as the social media. So to make sure we give us uh, as much and then you can as well share yourself <laughs> to whoever you want. Um, because I agree with you that it, it would be good to give us mass visibility as because and, and yeah, I just say it's the first one you're doing. So hopefully we could start raising the awareness and it will be the first of many more successful to come after that one in October sunshine <laughs> yeah all the stuff needs to to be done step by step I think something amazing is in front of us we need just to take the good opportunity and continue to work like that and I'm sure that we we realize something never done before I want to play I, I want to come and play, have a match with you, Alessandro. You, you can, you can come. <laughs> Do you like play tennis too? I, I've n no, I've never played racket sports wow. at all. I played rugby when well, I was younger. Star, you and I and Emma, we start our own paddle club here in the UK. As Alessandro say, it's not that well known here. I'm so having Alessandro on my team though. Because <laughs> I know how driven he is this sport. It's starting between you <laughs> and I. to be on my team. Yes. Sure. <laughs> That would be lots of fun. <laughs> with pleasure. With pleasure. Could be we will. Come in Italy and we will play. But we, we're coming to the end and, and it's been an absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So maybe we could, let's do that. But I've been absolutely pleasure. I, I mean, I, we're coming to the end of your time. We're taking a little bit over, but it has been so, so fascinating and it's always such a great pleasure yeah. to talk to you. <laughs> we can put a to-do list in front of us and we can set a, a target we can do something together the 3 of december that is the, the disability day Correct. international disability day that's true and that's i can true. come there in order to do something together why not want to do that i think that would be great let's do that because that gives us a focus uh, and, and you are totally right we could work towards that to raise the awareness it's not only on that day is making the noises along the way so i think that's perfect as a you know your final words to get us to put us to give us your energy and your passion there to get us to get something on <laughs> yeah. thank you so much alessandro yeah. um, um thank you no thank you i see you very soon and we keep in touch you've been listening to hidden voices with emma and francisca and we look forward to sharing our next podcast with you very soon